Thank you very much, Gladys, and good evening, everyone. Um, nice to, I was going to say nice to see you, but I can't quite do that uh, in this virtual world that we're now in. Um, but nice to know that you're there, and I uh, hope you enjoy our topic this evening. Is Christmas still relevant? That is our question. So as we come to celebrate Christmas, and we're, we're getting pretty close now, we're less than three weeks away, which, which may scare you a little, does the historic history, the origins, the underlying message does that really have any relevance does that have anything left to say to us today see the first christmas split time in two it's now roughly uh 2021 years since the birth of jesus um but does that still matter today for how we celebrate it i mean i'm pretty sure most of us enjoy christmas we enjoy the fun and receiving presents and giving presents we enjoy the food um, and the drink and, and getting together with friends. We enjoy all of that. But, you know, we'd happily keep, but what about the God stuff and the faith stuff? Is that still relevant? Because for more and more people in today's world, I think the answer might be no. There is this, this view that, that the Christian faith, um, that God is irrelevant or obsolete or out of date. That is the question that we're going to try and deal with. And there's a couple of charges, a couple of reasons people think that. And um, I think one of them is that religion is about belief in a different world, in the next world, the world that is yet to come. And because of that, it doesn't really have that much to say to this world. I mean, if you don't believe in the next world, then, then what does it have to say to this world? What relevance does it have to your normal life? Or even when you do talk about this life, religion um, and faith seems to be about just particular parts of this life, about, about the religious life, um, about things like church and religious services, um, only certain parts of life. It doesn't really speak to our everyday life and all that's going on. So, so that, again, limits its relevance. And anyway, you know, religion is about ultimately telling us what to do. It's, it's restrictive. It takes away our freedom. And that's not really the type of Christmas present that any of us want. So I know from conversations that that's some of the things that people think, particularly at this time of year. So I'd love to, to try and speak into or look at some of those charges um, if I can this evening. So the first one is a sense that the Christian faith is otherworldly. And it is true that the Christians do believe in another world, that we believe that what we see in this world is not all that there is. That is true. But it doesn't in any way devalue our view of this world. And um, we still believe that this world is very important. And actually, the irony is that the message of Christmas, when we come to this time of the year, is that we are celebrating the entry of God into this particular world. So it does matter. That is the true meaning of Christmas. When we celebrate the birth of the baby Jesus, it is an amazement that the creator God, so for people like me, we believe that this God made this world and sustains this world. And at Christmas, we are remembering that this creator entered into his creation and took on the form of one of his creatures. He took on human flesh like mine. He took on um, flesh and blood. He's a human being. It wasn't a trick of any sort, some magic trick or, or fancy dress. As the extraordinary event that a personal God changed the very form of his existence so that he could be close to the people that he made. And we believe to, to help restore the people 
that he made. So actually Christmas shows us that faith is about this world. Despite all the challenges and imperfections of our world, and we know there are many, the Christian faith, the, the Christian God really values this world so much so that he entered into it. And as the Christian story continues, the, the importance of our human world and our human existence continues in the story. After his resurrection, Jesus uh, went back up to heaven, still in a human body, still as a human being. And the end goal of the Christian story is not just that we get to leave this world and go up to heaven, but that actually heaven will come down to us. And this world in which we live now, which we, we can look around and see, will itself be renewed and restored in its fullness. So ultimately, the faith is about this world, not some other world. Okay, but, but what about that other charge that faith is really just about a certain part of life, this religious part of life? It's my view that one of the worst things the church has done to Jesus is to make Jesus religious. That faith for so many people has been reduced to church and to Sundays and services. It's been reduced to Christmas and to Easter and to just a certain limited part of our lives. You see, when God became a human being in Jesus at Christmas, he entered into real life. God lived in this world on Mondays through to Saturdays, not just on Sundays. And as Jesus, he lived through all the different phases of life. He, he, he grew up week by week, year by year through life. As a, as a child, he, he, he learned and he played. Um, as a teenager, he began to sort of find out his own identity and his own place in the world and begin to wonder who was he. Um, as a young adult, he would have, you know, started working uh, and began to sort of plot out a career for himself. He did all these things before he took on any specific religious role as a preacher. It was real life. And in real life, as he went through all these phases, he would have experienced the ups and downs of our world. Jesus' lineage that we remember in the stories of Christmas is that he was born into an oppressed people who lived under the Roman Empire. And because of that, because of those people and 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 in that particular moment, because of a Roman census, he had to be born away from his family home. So that meant that his, his grandparents and his aunts and uncles couldn't get to, to be with him and to hold him um, when he was a newborn baby. He was also homeless because of that in those first days, living in emergency accommodation in Bethlehem. And then later on, he had to live as a refugee, fleeing persecution. Um, and they left and fled to Egypt. Real life, hardships. And throughout his life, he experienced injustice, he experienced bereavement, he experienced rejection. He went through stages of failure and disappointments. Um, his own family didn't get who he was and what he was about. One stage, they, they tried to take him away out of a place where he was teaching people and doing his ministry, saying that they thought he was mad. And then, you know, his ministry, the very thing that he, he, he was his main focus in life, that he, he spent his time on, went through all these up and downs. And it, it seemed to fail and falter at different times. People turned away and, and left him, and looking for an easier alternative, thinking that his teaching was hard. 
And those that did stay and stayed for maybe a full three years as closest disciples who he really um, poured his life into over years, they fled at the end of his life. It was real life. And God himself, the very person of God, when he entered in as Jesus to this world, experienced these real things. Let me give you an example. One of my favorite actors, and I think um, it's pretty sort of pretty clear that, that he's one of the best actors of all time, maybe the best Irish actor of all time, um, Daniel Day-Lewis. He won three Oscars. The only person, I believe, to have won three Oscars in the category of best actor. And Day-Lewis is known for his style of acting. His style of acting is known as method acting. So when he was acting, he, he wouldn't actually act out this character, but rather he became this character. He just entered in to their personhood. Um, so one of his earlier films was In the Name of the Father. Uh, and in that film, uh, he lived in a prison cell for two days without food or water. So he, he actually became a prisoner under solitary confinement. Uh, he, one of his first Oscars, I think, was My Left Foot, the story of Christy Brown, and the writer and painter with cerebral palsy. And as part of his training for that, um, Day-Lewis spent eight weeks at a clinic in Dublin. For those eight weeks, he stayed in character at all times. He stayed in his wheelchair at all times. He was lifted in and out of the car by members of the crew. He was fed by members of the crew. This is an extraordinary story of acting. And then in my favourite film, um, The Last of the Mohicans, it's a historical film, I hope uh, you know it, um, set in the 1750s in the French and Indian War in North America. And he was Hawkeye. As Hawkeye, Day-Lewis learned to track and skin animals. He, he actually did this, he learned this. Tracking and skinning animals, he built canoes, he learned to fight with tomahawks, and he learned to fire and reload a 12-pound rifle on the run. When he was filming, uh, he carried his gun with him everywhere, including to his family lunch on Christmas Day. To the extent that after the filming was finished, uh, he suffered from hallucinations and claustrophobia. And afterwards, he said this in an article, I have no idea how not to be Hawkeye. Isn't that extraordinary? You see, Daniel Day-Lewis actually became Jerry Conlon. He became Christy Brown and he became Hawkeye. And, and what Christmas tells us is that God actually became a human being. It's not just something we talk about. He actually became a person and entered into and experienced life in our world. Life like us, life like we do. Okay, but so what? That's maybe a, a, a nice story, but, but so what? How is that still relevant for us today? Well, let me offer two quick suggestions. Um, I want to say that if God has experienced life like us, then it means that God can actually relate to us and also that God can help us. So God entered into our, our world. That means God came to us because he wants to be with us. And in the life of Jesus, God has displayed what a relationship with God, a friendship with God can actually look like. With the disciples, he ate with them, he, he drank with them, he taught them, he talked to them, he walked with them, he, he worked with them. 
He joked with them. It was just a normal relationship. It was a normal person-to-person, human-to-human relationship. And that is modeling for us what a relationship with God can look like every day and seven days a week. Furthermore, we see that, that Jesus welcomed all sorts of people into this type of relationship. People who were marginalized, people who were on the fringe, people who were poor, uh, people who were sinners. People whose society at the time deemed a second class because of some part of who they were. Um, at that time, it was, it was women, lepers, Gentiles, all welcomed in by Jesus. And I believe it's still the heart of Jesus to welcome people in to that relationship with him today. And in this relationship, because God has experienced life, he's, he can now fully relate to his people. He's not some cold, aloof deity and distant, demanding, emotionally distant. That, that's not who God is. God has experienced what we experience. He has been through what we've been through. Um, so he knows it on the inside. And unfortunately, he's got the scars to prove it. It's the difference between empathy and sympathy. And um, I think we probably know that when we've gone through our own struggles and we're, we're talking to people. When people can actually relate from their shared experience, that brings such value to us. And when we walk through those days, those darker days of life, I know that we all, at those times, need someone who will stick by us. Someone who will listen to us and someone who will be willing to share, not, not some textbook advice or what they think might help, but something that helped them when they went through those dark days. Because God entered this world, God can be that person. God wants to be that person to us. But I also believe that God can help us. Now, especially now that he's become a human being, God can help us. Now, I think we probably need to do a little bit of rethinking on this. Um, this is an area where we have, have misconceptions. Um, and, and, you know, maybe that's just the nature of our, our history as a people. But I know for some, we see faith as, as conservative, as, as, as backward, as, as religious people, as people who want to tell us what to do, exert authority, and the church is all about morality. But that is not who Jesus was. And that's not what we celebrate at Christmas. You see, when, when God entered our world and, and became a, a human being in Jesus, he didn't just go around giving orders and telling people what to do. Yes, he gave teaching, but his teaching was advice on how to live life, on how to have a good, full, flourishing life. And that was rooted out of the life that he had led, the up and downs of, of human life, an ordinary human life in our broken world. And I think we need that teaching today. We, we, we still do. And I know we hate the thought of some external person or authority coming and telling us what to do and being restrictive towards us. But that's not what this is. And what we need, still need, is some philosophy of life to guide our choices because we're presented with myriad of choices every day. And Jesus provided good guidance. He, he gave guidance to his followers on, on how to form long-lasting healthy relationships, how to, to handle conflict, what to do with money, what true success looks like, um, advice on, on, on being a parent, um, being a family member, 
um, how to fight for justice, really how to live a full and flourishing life. You see, Jesus didn't just become a human being. Jesus is the true human being. He has shown us and modeled for us what a human life can actually look like. What are the stages that it can reach? And as the Christian story continues, we move from Christmas to Easter. Jesus offers us power and the ability to change and live that life as well as as giving us the demonstration and the modeling of what it is. You see, I think all of us experience that that knowing power that that holds us back in life, a a selfishness maybe, a a self-absorption that sort of holds us back. And in his death and resurrection, Jesus defeated that and he opened up a new life for us that we can enter into and live. So yeah, I believe that Christmas is still relevant today. I believe that the struggles of our lives, our ordinary human lives, are largely the same struggles. I mean, I mean, they look different day to day, but underneath they're the same struggles that were there centuries and even millennia ago. The struggles that Jesus himself faced. And I think that because of that, because Jesus actually faced them, he can offer us relationship and he can offer us transformation. All because of Christmas that Jesus entered into this world. So thank you for listening.